All right. On last, well, a couple of weeks ago, we started um, a series of lessons getting insights from the book of Genesis. We're kind of going back to something that we did years ago, but we never finished because some changes have happened. I think um, different things were going on and kind of some structure changes happened here in the church. And we were doing Old Testament survey. So a couple of weeks ago, we started um, getting insights from the book of Genesis. We kind of talked about the divisions of the Bible and stuff like that, with some of that is still on the board. But what I want to do is review the insight that we discussed from Genesis chapter 1. Sister Reed, tell us about what we, we discovered in Genesis chapter 1. Hold on. We only did chapter 1, verse 1. Yeah, that's right. We got. That's right. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. Okay. So God was there before there was there be at. All right. And he created. So in the beginning, God was there at this place that wasn't there before he got there. And then he created something from this place that wasn't there before he got there, so it wasn't nothing there. All right. So God created something out of nothing. Yes. <laughs> so God created something out of nothing at that place that wasn't there before he got there. All right. Now you absolutely said it. Did y'all? Now half of y'all were talking, and then other part were confused about what she said. So, okay, the text that we used was Genesis chapter. What, Sister Reed? One. One. The timeless truth that we found was that, what? That God can... Create something out of nothing. Out of nothing. That's right. So he creates something out of nothing. Amen. See, you don't target here. Here we go. You work right into that. Now, what was the application? What application did we use? Amen. That even when you feel like you're down to nothing or you feel like you ain't got nothing... God don't need something to create something. He can create something out of nothing. Amen. Another thing, you can think that you're nothing. You're not worthy. All right. And that you're, you know, I'm. when I get it together, I go to church and I get it together, I pray, I witness all that, and God could create something out of you. Yes, he can. Where nothing has ever been. Amen. So he can create things that you need or desire where they don't exist and he can take somebody who's never been and make them to something that they never thought they would be. Because That's exactly right. Something when you think you can't do it, you really can do it through Christ. Absolutely. For the Bible says, for any man, we did discuss that as well, any man that be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become New. New. Something out of nothing. We were born in sin. That's right. But God changes us from within. And so now we're going into the second chapter of Genesis to find another insight. And I'm hoping tonight that the Lord opens up something that we probably haven't thought about that much. Um, let's start with verse 1. Uh, Sister Reed, would you read verses 1 through 3? Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. 
By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all work of creating that he had done. Amen. Now, uh, verse 3. That was verse 3? What, what, what translation are you reading? Uh, New International. Gotcha. All right. Well, now, verses 4 through 9. Sister Dudley. Uh, I don't really know what version this is. My, my granddaughter downloaded this Bible. So, but anyway, I'll read. It says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and heavens. Now, no shrub of the field had yet grown on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. Springs would well up from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Let me keep going. Keep going. The Lord God formed the man from the soil of the ground and breathed into his nostrils to breathe to breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The Lord God planted an orchard in the east in Eden, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow from the soil, every tree that was pleasing to look at and good for food. Now the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil were in the middle of the orchard. Amen. Verses 10 through 17, Sister Moore. The New English uh, translation is what I read. New English. I'm reading from right. the NIV. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. Is that correct? Pishon. Is the Pishon. Pishon. Mm -hmm. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of the land that is good. Aromatic rinsing, aromatic resin, and onyx are always there. The name of the second river is Gion. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It run it runs along the east side of the Asher. And the fourth uh, river Assyria. Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. Euphrates, 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 Euphrates. Correct. The Lord took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and care for it. And the Lord commanded the man, "You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good, good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die." The Lord said, "It is not good for the man to be alone." I will make a helper substitute for him, suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out the had formed out the ground, the ground, all the beasts and all the fields and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he named, what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that is what it is, that is what his name is. Go ahead and let's see. Go ahead and read verse twenty. And then after that, um, Sister McDaniel, verses 21 through 25. So the man gave names to all the living stock and the, the birds 
of the air all the beats of the field. But, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called one man because she was taken from a man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Amen. All right. Now, in this, in this study that we're doing, we're doing a survey of the Old Testament. Um, Sister Reed mentioned that we only dealt with one verse of the first chapter. And that's because we are doing a survey. When you think about a survey, say for instance a survey of land, you don't survey that land looking for every point in, within that land. You look for strategic points. And it's not so many points, but the points that show you the boundaries, that show you the points that are significant of that land so that you can draw lines to figure out where the boundaries of that land is. We're in our survey of the Old Testament scriptures, we're looking for significant ideas within each chapter. And we want to bring them to the surface, and we want to bring out the timeless truth about them, and we want to find application to our lives. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, in, in chapter 2, I want to shine the spotlight on verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The timeless truth that we see from this particular passage is what? What has God done with the female and the male? He's created them and made them as one. As one. And they make up what we call... The what kind of unit? Just them alone start is the beginnings of a what unit? A family. Family. The family unit. Easily on top of this, we see that the family unit is not Adam and Steve, but it's Adam and Eve. It's male and female. So in our culture today, we very well and are very well aware of the fact that we got this movement that's going all over the land from state to state of condoning and putting into law the ability for those of the same sex to marry. Now, we as Christians know these principles in our Bible. We know these truths that are laying in the Scripture. But tonight, I want, to think about, I want us to think about some things about this particular principle. First thing is, where it's located chronologically. What came before this 
And what came after? Which chapters came before? And then which chapter comes after? The first chapter was about what? Creation. Now the second chapter deals with creation, but starts to focus on man and women's creation plus the family unit. Take a look at chapter 3 and just scan it a little bit and see if you can see quickly what chapter 3 is about. Temptation, the fall. That's what I'm looking for. The fall of man. Hmm? No, I was going to say the fall of man. That is correct. The fall of man. So this chapter and this particular verse that we're shining the spotlight on exists between the beginning of creation and the end or the middle and the, the fall of man. Now, Everything God created, he called good. This particular union was good because it was not good that man be alone. But he needed a help male. And it was a woman, which was formed how? That's right. And what was man doing before God gave him woman. In this, in this chapter. What was he doing? God, there you go. He was working in the garden. God saw. If you look. He saw the need for Adam. To have a helpmate. Before he put him to work. But he didn't give him a helpmate. Until. That's right. So here's a biblical pattern. For a man who wishes to become a husband. To work. That he needs to be working first. To be able to provide. Absolutely. So in our world we've got a lot of this stuff all out of order. That's right. Where the woman is doing all the work. The man hasn't worked. Isn't thinking about working. That's not God's way. So for any Christian... If they have that order, they're out of order. Now, the world's going to show out of order. But I see us showing out of order. But God's principles show us that the order is opposite of that. The man should have been working and have built, got into a position to be able to provide before he ever gets a wife. That's right. Absolutely. Now, so one principle is brought out is that before a man is to get married, he needs to be a provider first. He should be thinking about becoming a provider before he becomes a husband. Now, the Bible then says here in this text, it says that, therefore he took man and man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. What does that say about the man from a leadership perspective? He should leave. He's got to give up everything. And he's got to he go. Be a husband. Be first. He can't create. He make that first. That's right. He can't create a true family unit if he's still attached to mom and dad. His. That's right. When the family unit in which he came out of. Right. That's not God's principle right. either. And so another thing that we have. 
that's out of order in the Christian family as well as the world, of course, is that the woman is leading out and the man is following. But that is not God's order. God wants the man first to lead out and then the woman to follow the man. But what's happening is the woman's going out, creating the home, and then the man is leaving sometimes to go sit and live up under the woman. Unbiblical. God is not pleased with that. Now something else that we see. When we're dealing with relationships, here when we're dealing with getting into the covenant marriage relationship, we've got a man and a woman. And the man has a tr- is attracted to the woman. He said, that is the bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. That terminology is saying, I am really, really attracted to this woman. But in our time, now perversion has come in. And now we got men who are attracted to men and women who are attracted to women. So then the church... What's the church's response? When when you're dealing with somebody and they're saying, hey, I was born this way. You know, this ain't something I I, I decided to do. I I had this from birth. I was born this way. What's our response? What do you say back to that? I would disagree. But they're accepting. I mean, we were all born in sin. Okay. I disagree. Okay, now watch this. Okay. Okay, you say, you say it wasn't, they weren't born into it, right? Nope. You say it's a decision, right? Yeah. You say we're born in I sin, mean, right? I don't necessarily believe that people are born that way, but I feel like we were all born in sin, so whatever your sin is, that doesn't make it right. right. Ah, so now, is homosexuality a sin? Yes. yes. So were they born with it? No. No. Because God made man and woman. Right. And he created a woman. Uh, okay. Okay. Mark. Okay. No. All right. Now watch this. But from the world's perspective, people are saying that they can't help that. Uh, uh, that they're born like that. You know, that this, if you hear people that are, are gay, a lot of them will say that they were born like that. That they knew that this is a lie. But as believers in Christ, God, hey, when you practice... That becomes a lifestyle. Okay. If I say that I'm going to marry Alicia, Ew. we're little. No, <laughs> I, I have no desire. I know. I'm just, like, I'm just saying. This is what, but this is what they're doing. That's right. So this becomes a lifestyle. They don't okay. look at it as a sinful life. They look at it as being acceptable as okay. husband and wife. This all is right. what the world is saying today. Okay. All right. You know, that I can know what that. Right. Yes. So some people on my job, they were saying it's all right because you can't help who you fall in love with. But I feel like, like but no, they don't look at it. They not looking at it from the Christian perspective now. Okay. They're saying I, I agree. that this is just like okay. a husband and a wife. If I get married, make a vow before the Lord. They're doing that. Okay. Because and before the Lord, they're making yes. They have preachers and priests that are married. Gay people, yes. They're having marriages just like me and you would have. You know, if I was to marry a man, yes, they are. All right. And they they don't look at it as sin. They just say, it's all right. Brother Baker and then Sister Reed. Where they get that perspective from, I mean, did you 
Okay, you know, okay, we'll stretch it though, but I turned that period didn't I mean I I I I am always related back to that parent raising their kid in a godly fashion. Because you can raise, yes, you can instill, you can be a light, you can just beat the Bible in the head. A child can still make a decision whether they want to go right or they want to go left. Okay. Yeah, all right. And I and I'm in agreement with that. Because Because you know the Bible says you train a child as he or she should go if they depart. That's true. That's exactly. Go ahead, Sue. I feel like if you can be genetically predisposed to having an addictive personality, which means you are easily addicted to certain things, whether it be alcohol or drugs or whatever. So just because I was born with an addictive personality does not give me the right to go out. The Bible says my body is a temple, so I don't get to go out and be a crackhead. I don't get to go out and be a drunk. But I was born a certain way. I might be born with easily being addicted to stuff, but that doesn't give me the right to go do it. There we go. Now, now we're getting down into the crux of this because what I just heard from Sister Reed sounds like it's in line with a lot of what we heard otherwise, but then at a, on another level, we're not. Because if we go back to the basic Tenant, what is homosexuality? It is a so if someone says they're born being homosexual, is that true or false? False. It could be true though. Well, we were born sinners. We yeah. only got when we got okay. dipped, and that's right. when we came out. All right. right. They can so, be feel like if that's how they feel, that's I mean they can be born like feel as they can feel feel like that can born, be their perspective. They emotion can yeah. Feel. yeah. Yeah. Because who who because when we when we were born, maybe nobody in here had homosexual tendencies, but we had something. We were born how to be selfish as babies. Crackers, we didn't get what we want or disobedience. Who taught us how to be disobedient? It wasn't our parents. We were what? Born. And those sins were in us. Now, by the grace of God, some of us were born without that tendency, but we were born with something else. Maybe the homosexual was born with homosexual tendencies, but they weren't thieves. They weren't liars. But somebody else was born, and he was a murderer, but he wasn't a homosexual. What, what's the difference? It's not. It's just a difference. Isn't it if we practice a lifestyle of that? 
Is there, is there, I'm just asking. Okay, all right. I mean, okay, if we practice it? a lifestyle, yeah. then what? We don't ask for forgiveness because that's, that's, that's the life in which we've chosen to live. We've chosen to live. Now, now the watch this. of thievery is just as wrong. I was just getting ready to go there. You hit it on the head. When I was in the world. So, if I, so, so you're saying if I chose to marry a woman and I don't ask for forgiveness, that's really okay. I'm just no. asking. No, it's not. It but <laughs> it's natural. Okay. This is it. Because when I was in the world. Not that you don't love people. That's right. I was a, I, I was, my bent was toward stealing. So all I thought about was getting to the next bigger deal, the next bigger theft to make next bigger money. I wasn't thinking about God. I didn't have God on my mind at all. I was living a lifestyle of being a what? Thief. They're living a lifestyle of being So is one better than the other? No. Now if I don't repent, I'm going to hell. If they don't repent, they going to hell. Now Like, I know gay people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They go yeah. to church. They, they believe in God. They, sure I mean, you know, do. they're involved in the church. Uh -huh. So, but they continue to live their lifestyle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Okay, let's talk about that. You got people in the church that continue to sleep with each other or do whatever else. That's still a sinful lifestyle. Yeah. Right. And I guess, like, for me, I just feel like God deals with each sin. You don't and I get delivered that, immediately. But I'm saying, like, Okay. Keep keep talking. And, 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 and then talk about this in abomination. Yes. And, and, and but that we got but we got but that's one yes. that speaks. Yeah, it, that's because one that's, that's law. That's law, right? That's just law. And law sets the standard right. for where God's standard is. Has anyone reached the standard? No. Because we can look in the law and find what? What we can't do either, right? Right. So then we're in the same position they in, right? Right. So Let's keep going. So we got we got the standard. Because like we gotta we gotta get somewhere here. You don't know if somebody's actually sleeping with somebody or I mean not But God knows. Yeah, God, I know God knows, but I'm just saying like how do you you know, I didn't been in churches to where like the whole church is almost gay. I mean, you okay. know. Okay. So how is that by See, that's God? I mean, well, I guess that's what like just seeing like I mean just so basically they just so I what was, if they feel I like was, they do ask for forgiveness? I would say okay. that God will forgive them. Huh? And I, I don't know yeah. that. He will. This guy was on Good. KCCB, and he had been a practicing homosexual. Okay. And he said that that had been his lifestyle. And he, before he died on his deathbed, this lady said she kept witnessing to him, yeah. telling him that that lifestyle was wrong. And he really just couldn't grasp why that was wrong because he felt it was right. All right. But she said on the deathbed, and I was listening, and they were talking about it, and said that how he said that he asked him, well, will God, will I be able to enter into heaven? Even though I've lived this lifestyle, will God be able to forgive me for all the wrong, you know, that lifestyle that I had done? And she said yes. Mm -hmm. And that's when they were saying that a lot, you know, of course, we all plan to go to heaven, but that's when the lady was saying, you're going to be surprised at the ones that are actually yeah. there, you know. Because when he said that he, you know, that he was forgiven. And she said, yes, you are forgiven. You know, because he knew, he said it was a struggle. One guy was on there saying that it became a choice. 
He said that those, even though he had chose not to live that lifestyle anymore, he said that there would be times that that demon would arise in him. But he said, now, he now was he a believer God. yet? Uh, yeah. Was he a believer? He was a believer. So, so if he, he was a believer, a demon, it, it, a, a demon didn't, didn't arise in him. If he was yeah. a believer, now if he was a believer, that's not what he well, was not fighting demon, with. But it is. Well, when you say you can be a believer and deal with, I call them demons, but uh, okay, maybe that's the wrong word. But we deal with 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 the spirits yeah. and the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that when we were saved, we become new. Our spirit is the one that becomes right. new, but we continue to battle right. the spirit so against the flesh. Yeah. So what he was deal what he's dealing with is that fleshly desire that's not yet completely done away with. So that war is going on. So from time to time, he has to make a choice. It becomes a choice only after you have become a believer. Because before then you had no choice. You were a son or daughter of disobedience, which means you are on the total control of the evil one Satan. It's only after greater is he that is within me than greater is he in the world can we make choices like that. Because we don't have the power till the Holy Ghost lives inside of us to make those choices during the war. Go ahead, Sid. Well, I did uh, <laughs> have a conversation with a, a, a pastor about that. And, okay. and, you know, we were talking about when the president uh, acknowledged blah, blah. You know, a lot of black churches were in total whatever. Disarray. But I did tell him, my point of that was that if you're going to deal with the president, number one, he's not my spiritual leader. That, that's my stance. That's I had true. to really pray and ask what were my issues that concerned me because Marvins don't care nothing about us as a people. But uh, back to the point, uh, I asked him, then you need to address your church. You need to start from the pulpit onto the door. When you start addressing the point of preaching that, but a lot of things now, because I, I'm the president, I don't see him. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't believe, I take a stance, I do not believe in the laws of, of homosexuality. I believe in marriage for man and woman. But nevertheless, if you're going to be so hell-bent on that, then you need to address the issues in your churches. How do you know that leaders in your church are not married? I mean, I, I'm serious about that because yeah. there are people that people know in the churches are gay. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Or whatever, but I'm just saying, but the society has just put this big old creation on homosexuality. Right, right. It's been around way to, right. And it's just coming out more, but it's just as much going on in with the Christians. That's exactly what my point is. That's a sin. That's right. Every day, all day, have been. And it's not addressed. Right. Yes. And then a lot of times, you see it. A lot of these pastors, they see it because you can kind of tell. If we see it, they can see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They look over, but like you said, when the president made his statement about it or whatever, then they wanted to make it a big issue, which it, it's been a big issue. Right. Yeah. You right. look at it every Sunday, whenever you at church, and this person's That's right. That's right. You, you've ignored them. You right. ain't addressed right. them. You ain't sat them down and preached to them. That's and right. Them. You know That's what I'm saying? Right. Won't that be the pastor's, uh, won't he be in trouble by God for not, you know, um, yeah, how like, do we yeah, know if yeah. he's talking with them? How do we know how much he's on his knees praying, asking for deliver? deliverance through his intercessory prayer for them. We don't know that. Right. You you can't turn nobody away. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I'm just saying it's 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 a fine line for he is responsible for the flock, 
But he still can't judge. Well, I guess my point was because the brother Yeah, not judging. Not judging. It's about judging. Not judging. It's about because. The brother was so head bent against the president, though. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the black preachers talk bad about him. That's what I'm saying. In their pulpits. And so, but my thing is, it makes to me, I'm just my personal, and I could be wrong. It's kind of hypocritical. Mm -hmm. that, well, that's what I saw. She's basically saying right, like a lot exactly. of black churches of black pastors yeah, in I the churches was just. like so against the president they had something like negative to say a lot about him and towards the president. But they don't preach on That's my problem. And they see people within their church, even in the organizations, in the choir, just within the church itself, and they see them in the church as being gay. But how do you know they're not praying for? Okay, we said no, 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 we're not praying for him. He was against it. He said he's an independent. He never would have, you know, because if the president. But address your church is what I'm saying. Address your church. You could, if you're addressing man and woman, Adam and Eve, when you're preaching, you are addressing your church. But I'm saying a lot of them don't address. No, but she said no. This is what I'm saying. Not done it, but they're so bent on what the president is. Right, they made that a major issue. Issue, but but they've made concessions within their church. church. For the things that have that, that makes that's valuable to them, they've made concessions. But I'm not saying right, right. But but how but still how can you tell your people that as a pastor you get a reason not to address me? That's what I said. No, that's not? not what I'm saying. There's a reason that they're not addressing Why? in their church. But, but how but can they address should. but you address yeah, the but president they, though? You don't know yeah. their lifestyle either. But just not, yeah. there might be a reason why. But no, no, I'm not saying but it, it, it most definitely is a reason. Yeah, yeah. But but I think Sister Dunn is is pushing out another point. While they're making concessions and we not addressing their church for that yeah. reason, they they're not doing it here. But on the political stage, right. on the it's national stage, thing. now it's a blow up. Yeah. But why wasn't it a blow up when your your uh, director of music was gay? Right. Why wasn't it a blow up when your when your uh, auxiliary head was gay? And right. I totally understand what she's saying. I guess I'm just going a little more as us. If we're not sitting there in that congregation every day and knowing what they're doing with that person, how do we know what they're doing? I'm just saying we need to be careful with our but, judgment. But I'm not okay. saying, but no, no, I'm not okay. talking about judging. All right, I'm following you. Judging. But it's yeah. not, but, but how sin is sin. Yes, sin is sin. But sin is sin. Yeah. 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 I mean, the bottom line, I don't care if it's you or if it's me. And but you know, line 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 is, is like, I'm I, not, I don't have to call your name out. No, you don't. But if no, I can get up, but this is what I'm saying. If I can talk bad about the president, I need you to need to be able to. Like, because in our president, churches, but I'm okay with them doing this over here. Yeah, yeah, because in our churches, I know. Look, in, in our churches, Sister McDaniel, in our churches, even I know of those who are in leadership in the church. Who are openly showing it. I have run into this where they are openly saying they are part of this gay organization because they are gay. Now, I don't know how much, I mean, now see, when so we I use, have a use it, huh? Go ahead. You, okay, tell me this. What do you think as far as this? Like when a pastor knows that this person is openly gay and just say they have their leadership, 
Should he? Should they not be? Should he let them know they shouldn't be leading? That's right. Yeah. But he shouldn't put them out the church. No, now that's what I do not like. I do not like that. Do not put them out of that church. We don't know what kind of one on one. I'm not saying put them out of church. But not in leadership. Not in leadership. Not in leadership. That's right. Hold on, y'all. Just make that. My thing is this: the problem that I have with just preachers, not just about homosexuality, just sin. Period. Sin is sin, and I just feel like preachers don't preach on it because they're scared of losing people. Yeah. I'm sorry. When it's God's word, is what it is. That's and right. how are you going to put the fear of God in people if you don't yeah, preach the real? Know. But I mean, I you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's solid too. Be yeah. the preacher's call, the pastor's call. Is to be faithful to the biblical text, to preach mm -hmm. and teach Whether the like book. Not, well, yeah, in season, out of season, and this word is offensive yeah, to is. all of us yeah, at some point. Where it's going to get us. Go ahead, Sister Dunn. For a lot of time, I used to go to Bible study at Harvest for many Sundays when they used to be on three fifty, and I never would get Pastor Steve preached on on holy living and women in the church. And I tell you what, and I knew, you know, then I didn't know no better. You know, I was really, really growing in the Lord. And he would say, like, you know, he could, the spirit would lead him to women that were not living a pure life or things like that. And that really, he could point him out. And he, I'm serious. And that really, really stuck with me. You know, because I thought, man, I sure don't want to point <laughs> saw you light up in an area where we, we, we really ain't got where we're trying to go, but we're on our way. When, when that leader, Sister Morris, no. If you're going to practice homosexuality and we know it, and you, you, we, because you got to know it first to be able to say, and you say, you know, I've, I've got to set you down. But I'm going to love you, and you ain't going nowhere. You're going to stay right here, and if you try to go, I'm going after you. You the one in the 99 while they're here, I'm going to get you. Because you are supposed to be here. But there's some things God wants to do in you to make you and prepare you to be who you are to be and then lead. And that thing is getting this out of you, and only God can. But we got to love them. But at the same time, we can't ignore and let it uh, Yeah. Because you don't like to everything too. That's right. You still gotta love. You asked 
means they're just looking for love. Yes, they're looking for love. Just like any other sinner. He, the pastor is held accountable for God, from God. Yes. More because he's leading the flock. But you got to remember, he's man before a pastor. He's so man before a pastor. He's got some sins. Yes, and, and he for, ought to be able to recognize. Yeah, that should be for all the latest brothers. This homosexual, yeah. just yes, it, all that, uh, a shacking, yeah. uh, 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 smoking dope, that all that. If you if you've been found out for them <laughs> things that can lead people astray, put that down, sit down. Yep. You don't need to be holding that office. Put it down. Sit down. Because you're going to lead folks astray. Yeah, right. And so and you now you got that wayward one. You got these wayward ones. And God allows us to see it in that parable when, when he has the flock in the one. The 99 to one. He didn't pull out what the one was doing while he was going astray. But he had to go get him. Because he was going astray. And we go astray in sin. Now, so I got a question, uh, and I understand what you're saying about the leader. I totally agree. Yeah. But God wants us all to be leaders. And we all got some bad habits that people could be looking at right now. Uh -huh. But we don't bring God's word down to us. We still take God's word up to all them. All right. All right. So now, here we go. So you don't stop. Okay. You know, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. I got some issues, whatever. But I'm still going to try to. Be a vessel he worked through to save us. Right. So even All right. if I'm wrong, now I gotta work with God. Okay. He'll convict me of my issue that's going on. Uh -huh. But while mine's ain't just obvious, it could be obvious. What if it's somebody that, what she say, something like addiction or something, mm -hmm. and they can see that in me. Everybody else might not, but they can. But they can. And uh -huh. all I'm just saying is, me personally, I just want to be more careful of judging and and. And how I live or, or, you know, you don't know who's watching me. And somebody's watching all of us at all sure times is. of our life. Sure but is. I, I and we got to watch that word judging, too. We, we, we want to use that word. Be, but when we really, if we really use the word the way we should, judging is trying to, is, is, is deciding whether somebody's in hell or in heaven. Judging makes a decision whether you're going to hell, you have a, you saved or a sinner. When we fruit inspect, that's not judging. No, fruit inspect. Yeah, when we when we identify this issue and we address it, we're not judging. We're just fruit inspect because we ain't saying they say or not say, but we're saying there's something here that's bad, that's, that's wrong here, right. that's we that's need to be dealt with. That's why we have the things of uh, Matthew 18. That's why you got that whole deliberation. It's because we have to. As Christians, we cannot watch sin and not do anything with it. Because if indeed they do end up being sinners and go to hell, their blood is on our hands. So we can't, oh, we're out of time. We can't stop that. But we got so much more to talk about on this because we're dealing with it. But there's, there's more because no, we haven't got completely to the timeless truths, nor have we got to the application. But we're getting there. I like what's going on here. and Let's keep that up. Think about this some more. Think about it. Have some thoughts because there's something between one and three I want you to see to help us get the right application to this text and how we are supposed to be as Christians. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs>